Hello and welcome to the Design Positive show, in shorts called as D-Positive. There are a number of quality design podcasts out there and why one more, you may ask. Oh yes, there are a number of them available for sure, but there is no one podcast which that brings together the what, the why and the how of design for positive transformation. Design as a discipline can uniquely impact the quality of lives around and can bring in amazing transformation especially in the current unprecedented times that we are living in right now. My name is Karthi Subraman and I'm going to be your host for this show. This show is an initiative of the Internet and the Mobile Association of India, also called as IAMAI. This season is focused on the new and emerging approaches within design that can help in expanding the role of design discipline which can play in our world. We will deep dive into approaches that will contribute to the making of the new and the better world. Through these conversations and stories, the idea is to consciously explore the notion of design beyond its conventional scape. Along with you, I can't wait to visualize how the new world will look like. Today we'll discuss about the thinking about designing for the new normal with our superstar designer guest. Without further ado, let's get started. Our special guest doesn't need much introduction at all, but I will try my best anyways. Join me in welcoming Apala Lahari Chawan to the show. To give you a little introduction about Apala, Apala is a co-founder of Human Factors International and a chief design officer. Her passion is to envision how user experience can be a change agent using digital channels. She's also fascinated by changes in user experience across time and space. Apala is an award-winning designer. One of the notable one is the International Audi Design Award in 1996. She also co-edited the book Innovative Solutions, which talks about what designers need to know for today's emerging markets and one of her TED talks is the three laws of user experience. She was invited to speak on user experience design and AI at the AI for Good conference in 2017, organized by the United Nations. Her articles um, like user research versus market research and the washing machine that ate the sari regularly appear in the top 10 UX related articles in the international lists. Apala is the chair of the IAMAI Design and Innovation Committee and you can find Apala in um, her Twitter handle @futuristapala and of course you can find her in LinkedIn as Apala Chawan. Apala it's such a privilege and a pleasure to have you in this show as our first guest. While I have emphasized the intent of this podcast, I want our listeners to hear it from the horse's mouth. So here goes the first question. Why did you get this idea of a podcast uh, a series of podcast for IAMA if I may ask so you know i felt very strongly that while there are several podcasts there are webinars available and really 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 good quality uh, very good people speaking and presenting mm. however i felt that we needed to talk about within the indian ecosystem of uh, designers as well as those who sponsor design those who think about design as being 
a discipline that can add value to their businesses, to their lives for the entire ecosystem, but within India, I felt we do need to talk about the newer approaches within design that are emerging. Some have emerged and are being used in the last maybe five, six years. Some are still emerging. They've not yet you know, established themselves anywhere near being mainstream uh, approaches. But these are the very approaches that I think we need to look at and uh, integrate you know, within our ways of seeing and thinking as designers because we live particularly all of us uh, in these you know in these so-called emerging countries or rather countries which have so many eras uh, living together and so they are even more complex I think than other countries in the world in these kinds of uh, places that we inhabit I think we need new design approaches and that's why I wanted a series that would bring to the table those new approaches. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant thought process. So with so much going on out there and and we are all locked down, pandemic is going on, how would you articulate the state of the world right now? And what can we do better from your perspective as somebody who has really seen so many things transform in front of your eyes as a designer? Yeah, that's such a critical question to ask. So I really think that the world we inhabit right now, you know, of course, it's this unprecedented pandemic that has put the whole planet into some sort of jeopardy, which I think was waiting to happen, but it has just been triggered by the pandemic. So this world we live in is, you know, to me, this Japanese concept of Barbie's hobbiness perfectly captures the world we live in. So wabi-sabi, as you know, all of you will know, is this concept where everything is looked at as being always impermanent, imperfect and incomplete. And I really think that that is the way the world is and it'll continue to be like that. So it's a world where I think it's time that um, uh, human beings... Maybe we need to stop thinking of ourselves as the main focus of attention. And instead, we have to start looking at how interdependent this entire planet is, how we are so dependent and connected with other species, you know, our natural habitat, all of these things. And also pay attention to to the idea that it's an assemblage, it's a composition of many different things and that is what this planet is and we as a you know as the human race we happen to be one of those components within that assemblage we are not the main or the only component that then opens up very different perspectives about how we can avoid perhaps crisis like the one we are in because this crisis didn't just happen. It is linked to so many other issues such as the degradation of our natural habitat, animals who are coming into, you know, we bring them in forcibly, bring animals into urban areas and all of those things. It's all very connected. And therefore, I also, you know, like this concept that uh, ecologist Tim Morton brought up uh, where he says, well, 
these kinds of phenomena they are like complex entanglements and he calls them hyper objects that is a phenomena such as climate change because it is so massive and it is at one level so unevenly experienced by people across the world you know some places there's a more direct experience some places there is not and so it's really difficult to even grasp at the sort of at the level of our daily lives what is this phenomena what is this hyper object that is say climate change and so i think that is the kind of world we are living in we certainly need to think hard about what is needed for us to move forward you know and navigate through this kind of complexity and crisis right and i think this is beautifully put we are one of this assemblage now that we we all know that we are in a complex world very highly interlinked but for some reason the human being started feeling that we are the only and the most important thing there so how do we think about these complex concepts why even bother about these things as a designer and how can we make this world a better place to live i mean we know these things it's not that we don't know but why are we not bothering about this and why should we bother about this right now yeah you know it's interesting isn't it that we uh, know that it's a world that is full of attention being paid to a particular perspective which is so human centric we know that we all of us you know watch various sort of people talking about it we listen to them we watch videos and movies and all of that we are aware and yet what is it that we can do what is it that we can do to stop this kind of tunnel vision and you know i feel very strongly that maybe design has some very unique approaches and uh, those are the kinds of approaches that are needed right now uh, to acknowledge to make sense and understand mm. how we can all live within and with this complex world so you know several uh, designers who are at the cutting edge of trying to explore these sorts of questions one of them who i uh, really sort of feel very inspired by is uh, anab jain who has her studio superflux and she says in one of the sort of speculative design based work that her studio put up titled mitigation of shock london 2050 she says you know could design make the size and complexity of a you know of a hyper object such as climate change be really tangible relatable and specific can design do that and that's exactly what uh, her studio did with mitigation of shock and with other such uh, initiatives projects that they've done where the outcome of design approaches and these are the newer and emerging design approaches that i mentioned earlier approaches such as speculative design design futures mm. these are the kind of approaches that sort of help bring the future into the here and now where we can experience that phenomena because we as designers we have these approaches which allow us to simulate 
what seems very far away, but to simulate it with all our abilities to prototype. And here it's not prototyping, you know, a wireframe of a screen, but it's prototyping an entire sort of uh, period that is ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But we use the same approach and thinking process. It, therefore, these approaches help us to bring the future into our immediate experience. Otherwise, these kinds of, uh, you know, sort of monstrous macro phenomena, they would just remain as Netflix shows that we watch or, you know, dystopian <laughs> science fiction we read. And we like all of it. And we are very, you know, for the next uh, one day, we'll be talking about it and thinking about it. But that's it. <laughs> I mean, don't you agree? Isn't that what happens? We, we all watch stuff and then it's like, okay, yeah. We watch Black Mirror and have yes. a tub of ice cream saying that I'm very stressed out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think the difference with the design such as these new approaches you can bring people to experience you can have people coming in to this maybe like Anab did an apartment that is that is in the future but the apartment is here you can walk into it and experience what it is going to be like in 2020 mm. and so design can provoke us to take action and uh, perhaps to then uh, design a path to a preferred future for our entire planet. Hmm. Or, you know, actually take another example. This is also something that has increasingly caught attention of people around the world. It's called life design. And, uh, you know, the Stanford Life Design Lab uh, says, well, what is life design? They look at life design as an application of design thinking to tackle the wicked problems of life. So, Life design helps, as the, you know, the creators of this approach, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans put it, life design helps to, and I'm quoting them, reframe dysfunctional beliefs that surround life and career decisions and help you wayfind in a chaotic world. And this is, you know, I really want to emphasize this part of their quote, through the adoption of such design tenets as bias for action, prototyping and team building. So now here is an approach that uses design principles to help one figure out, well, you know, how do you want to design one your own life? That's incredible Mm. that design can give you that sort of uh, insight and ability and, you know, to for people to understand using, say, the life design approach, what gives one a sense of flow, a sense of flow that is a concept that comes from positive psychology and describes the state in which one is totally immersed and one is so uh, focused, so energized, so present in a certain activity mm. that it gives a, a great deal of joy. And so, you know, here is an approach like, say, uh, flow, which is used in life design. But what about understanding the principle of flow by itself to see how one can apply it Mm. in maybe different contexts? So there there are all of these kinds of reasons why Mm. I think we need to bother about new design approaches can help the world navigate to a better future. 
That's fascinating. I mean, as you're talking, I can clearly imagine a prototype of a pandemic, which helps us to scenario plan. And probably it would have helped us uh, mitigate some of the risks that we are going through right now. And life design, I mean, I have done my version of it, but yes, that was inspired by the concept of how we use design thinking to design products. If products can be done, systems can be done, spaces can be done, why not life? Mm-hmm. That, that was a bigger question. And wow, these, these concepts are really, really amazing. But how, as a designer, how can I use these concepts personally, professionally, in the current times. Any thought process in that direction? Uh, well, that's, uh, you know, interesting that you asked that because I was just thinking, here we are, you know, we are recording this in the midst of the current lockdown situation. And uh, as we were sort of chatting, there are so many things we have to take care of when we are in this unusual situation of being at home mm-hmm. 24 by 7, something that we are not used to. Now, wouldn't it help if we could, say, apply principles of life design to this current state of life that we are experiencing. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, straight away one way that uh, if designers and others, they were exposed to these kinds of approaches, you can use it in the most, you know, unexpected ways and situations, I believe, in the sort of uncertain Mm -hmm. world that we live in. Or, you know, even another example, there's a new approach that is very interesting called transition design. Now, transition Mm -hmm. design is an approach that sort of works towards designing a more sustainable world and uh, what it does is it sort of gives a framework to address outcomes the wicked problematic outcomes of you know complex situations like the hyper objects we discussed whether it's uh, violence against women whether it's of course climate change whether it's poverty so transition design looks at these sorts of big areas where systemic change is needed and uh, it provides sort of a very wide range of practices taken from different disciplines that would be needed for facilitating this transition towards a more sustainable and desirable future where you need to design for that large systems level change. And, uh, you know, one example that I'd like to give of uh, one of those practices, they bring together so many different practices within the transition design framework. An example of a practice that one would uh, be exposed to when learning about transition design is is a way to understand uh, human needs. Now, we are very familiar with, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. As designers, we often Mm -hmm. use that framework, you know, when we are planning user research, understanding different types of uh, people who are going to interact with something that we are going to design. So now comes somebody called Max Neef, an economist from Chile, who develops another framework called uh, fundamental human needs. Now, what is different and why is that part of transition design and not Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which has been there for so long? So the the difference Mm. between these also is the message about why, you know, something like Max Neef's new framework is perhaps more relevant at this moment. So Maslow's needs, as we all know, you know, it's got a hierarchy 
of human needs as mm-hmm. he theorized and so it's got these needs from right to the bottom there's physiological needs of hunger thirst etc then there's safety then there's belongingness then esteem and finally self actualization and the main mm-hmm. thing that maslow said was that till an upper till you sort of satisfy the lower need you cannot go to the upper need so you have to climb up the hierarchy okay mm. so that's then that puts a different way that uh, one would look at design and uh, how you design what for whom because now there's a hierarchy so is this user or this person who is going to use and uh, interact with my design of a product or service is this person at this level of need or that level of need then you have to distinguish mm. and differentiate and some people are not going to get this because you know they are not at that level of hierarchy max neve says there is no such thing as hierarchy needs are mm. universal it is not hierarchical they are a finite set of needs that exists everywhere and at all points in time they exist with everybody so it is not that i mm. climb up and then i don't need to be satisfied for some need that i have left behind <laughs> it is not like that and in this world things change so much that uh, needs also therefore i may be satisfied with a certain need today but tomorrow things have changed and i may need uh, to go back and look at that need differently so that's exactly the mm. framework he gives it it's saying across cultures across time across gender age all of these elements do not change the fundamental framework of needs or the categories of needs that exist what does change mm. and this is very interesting is the satisfiers how you satisfy mm. the need for shelter can change over time it can change in different different cultures have different ways of satisfying the need mm. for shelter it can change across age you know one can go from an of from a big house to wanting to live in a facility that is managed by others it's the same need though, mm. but it's being satisfied differently so when you get mm. a framework like this you know you're now empowered to think that in this very complex ever changing world that we live in if i want to design mm-hmm. in a socially and environmentally responsible manner i can look at mm-hmm. what needs can be replaced more sustainable you know ways mm-hmm. of satisfying those needs i don't have to deny a need to be satisfied but i certainly now have a choice of different satisfiers whereas earlier i did not have that approach at all it was you have the need you have to be satisfied but now the question mm. is not that you have to be satisfied but what kind of satisfier and i can choose to replace <laughs> a very unsustainable way of satisfying a need with a more sustainable way so this is a new yeah. approach to looking at how we can uh, design you know for different wow. people and with different needs without uh, ruining the planet constantly Absolutely. I mean, as of today, I mean, as of this week, my need is like, can I get into a tiny home? I can't clean this place. <laughs> But if you asked me probably two months ago, I wouldn't have okay. said that. And what you are saying is so true, and it is so fascinating. And we are transient beings. We keep changing 
our thought process the the word satisfiers mm-hmm. can be changed and that's so powerful mm-hmm. this is amazing as of as you're speaking i am already inspired by couple of concepts that i have taken away in the name of hyper objects in the name of life design how can we get into this uh, transition design approach and how can we think in terms of systems as designers and how do you look at these needs and wants and kind of look at the satisfiers can we just replace them with a little more sustainable way of doing things this is mind blowing i mean it, it, it just a few minutes of our discussion i i've just taken away so much would you like to have any advice to all of us all designers out there listening to share with us so you know i do think that like some of these approaches that i have mentioned in this conversation there are many other such new and emerging approaches in design and these will become very necessary for designers to include in their repertoire because of the times we live in i hope to have have more of these kinds of topics covered as we continue with the podcast series because you know the methods and frameworks that we have used in design that have got us here may not get us there mm. you know if you know what i mean and uh, oh, yes. design you know interestingly is a discipline that it's just constantly shape shifting it constantly integrates mm. new knowledge new practices from other disciplines it's so accommodating to include and embrace other ways of thinking and hence it evolves all the time to take on something that is new something that is unknown and that's the kind of uh, approach and that's the kind of discipline we need today because we live in times that are full of unknowns and the more we try and control and predict and box the more trouble we get our planets into the more we let a discipline that knows how to flow with ambiguity that knows how to start mm. with a blank canvas the more we use a discipline like that the more i so strongly believe we will find a a, a way to get to a better place and uh, i think designers therefore will have such a major role to play in these times and you know to end with i find this particular way of talking about the times we live in very interesting so one of my favorite science fiction writers kim stanley robinson he describes this the times we live in as the dithering a state of indecisive mm. agitation that's the mm. kind of state where i feel design can play a totally game changing role because of the nature of mm-hmm. what it is and what it does so my you know my sort of word to a designers to designers listening to the podcast uh, would be you know be inspired by these new ways of designing and uh, to paraphrase uh, also a favorite filmmaker robert bresson be inspired by new ways of dis- designing and make visible a better world that without you might perhaps never be seen so that's oh. what i would like to end with <laughs> not many many days that i have felt that I, i i as a designer can change the world i think today i'm definitely feeling that yes it is in our hands to go ahead and make a a better world and make visible a better world and that's all the more powerful and 
thank you so much for your time and i'm so looking forward to know more and more uh, such concepts through these podcast series and i can't wait i mean there is a saying where they say that if you want to be a, a great student go ahead and become a teacher i think if you want to continue to learn from awesome people i think you should be a po- podcast host or something like that <laughs> i'm just changing it and i have learned so much more today ma'am and thank you so much for your time and i am so excited and looking forward for the entire season thank you so much karthi it's been a pleasure talking to you so i look forward to more wasn't that fabulous to listen to the new methods and frameworks for thinking in the next episode let's go ahead and tune into the depths of design thinking on the myths around it i can't wait to come back to you with the another one